Hi everyone, Siobhan Chapman here and welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. It's Friday morning, which means it's time for the weekend review and preview conversation. My guests will recap how markets performed over the past few sessions and preview what we can expect in the week ahead. Joining us for the conversation, I'm glad to welcome Danny Kessler, Asset Allocation Strategist with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Danny, welcome. We're happy to have you. Hi, Siobhan. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. Perfect. Okay, let's get started. So inflation data took center stage this week and resulted in some pretty notable market moves. Can you recap for our listeners the data for us and speak to the market response? Yeah, indeed. So the the consumer price inflation or or CPI print earlier this week has been widely anticipated for several weeks now after the Fed's noticeably hawkish tone. As most of our audience probably knows, the inflation data came in a lot hotter than expected and and markets reacted accordingly. The S&P 500 falling over 4% in Tuesday's trading. Uh, Taking a closer look at the details of the inflation report, Year-over-year headline inflation was actually down from last month's rate uh, at 8.3 and 8.5% respectively. Month-over-month headline inflation increased only 0.1%. Still, this was higher than consensus expectations, and the real devil in the details came with core inflation, which rose a whopping 0.6% on a monthly basis, double what the market was expecting. Further, inflation was widespread, with used car and airfare inflation rates not decreasing as much as hoped and shelter inflation remaining stubbornly high. So the hot inflation print spooked investors to pricing in further Fed rate hikes that may come in faster than previously expected and last longer than previously hoped for. The U.S. Treasury two-year bond yield rose 17 basis points to 3.74% on Tuesday, while the 10-year yield had a more muted five basis point rise to 3.41%. The S&P 500 fell over 4.3% in Tuesday's trading, which is its largest daily loss since June of 2020. All sectors finished the day down, with the rise in bond yields particularly weighing on growth stocks. Equity markets around the world fared a bit better than U.S. equity markets due to the high U.S. exposure to growth sectors, but markets still broadly finished down on the day. The S&P 500 is down further to close as of yesterday's trading, right above 3,900, while the 2- and 10-year yields sit at 3.86 and 3.45% respectively. Okay, perfect. So next question. So what's CIO's inflation outlook from here and what might we expect to see from the Fed next week at their policy meeting? Well, one thing that is clear uh, is that inflation continues to be very difficult to estimate. Uh, as the print once again came in above consensus expectations, despite a long-running previous trend of inflation still beating expectations. So In fact, year-over-year core inflation has only come in below expectations twice since the start of last year, while it has beat expectations 14 times. Some indicators, such as shelter, used cars, and even wage growth, may have begun to show signs of easing in the economy, but with plenty of noise in the data, it's too early to discern any clear patterns, and inflation levels still remain broadly well above what the Fed is comfortable with. The Fed has consistently reiterated a commitment to price stability, and the market interpreted Chairman Powell's comments at the Jackson Hole Summit as hawkish. 
the Fed will continue to raise interest rates until they see progress in bringing inflation down. With that in mind, markets are currently pricing in a high probability of a 75 basis point hike at next week's meeting, with murmurs of even a 100 basis point hike echoing within the industry. We do not believe a 100 basis point hike is likely, and we foresee another 75 basis point hike at the Fed's policy meeting next week. For the rest of the year, markets are pricing in close to 190 basis points of rate hikes, including next week's meeting. The CIO view is that the Fed is likely to hike 175 basis points more before the end of the year. So outside of inflation data, it was a fairly busy week on the macro calendar. Um, What are some notable data points you can share with us? We started the week with the NFIB Small Business Optimism Survey, which came in slightly above expectations. Uh, And then at the same time we got the CPI report, average hourly earnings was released. So real earnings growth came in negative again as high levels of inflation erode the value of wages. Then Wednesday brought producer price inflation, which, like CPI, came in above expectations, but it was not as hot as the CPI print. Yesterday had plenty of data releases, with jobless claims being the first. Uh, the labor market is something that is important for the Fed to be watching closely as they hope to see tightness dissipate to help with easing inflation. Jobless claims came in slightly higher than expected, uh, which is maybe positive for what the Fed is looking for, but not really enough to have any meaningful um, movement. We also got important data points on economic growth. So industrial production and manufacturing production both slightly disappointed compared to consensus as consumers continue to shift their spending away from goods and into services. The biggest disappointment of the day was the retail sales control group, which feeds directly into estimates of personal consumption expenditure. So the estimate came in flat compared to expectations of 0.5% growth, and last month's estimate was revised in half from 0.8% to 0.4%. So following yesterday's releases, the Atlanta Fed GDP Now tracking estimate for third quarter GDP growth was revised from 1.3% annualized all the way down to 0.5%. Well, we already had two quarters of negative GDP growth to begin the year. But an important point to remember regarding the implications of all this data is that the Fed does not have a GDP growth mandate. Inflation still remains stubbornly too high and the labor market still too tight. As a result, we don't expect the Fed to or we, sorry, we do expect the Fed to continue tightening policy aggressively despite this weak GDP growth. As for the preview part of today's podcast, we're going to be looking towards next week. Aside from the Fed, is there anything else taking place taking place next week that you feel investors should be mindful of? Right, yeah. So the, the Fed's policy meeting is certainly going to be the biggest event for markets next week. Um, looking at this week, we do still have one more uh, data point that has yet to be released yet. Um, and that's the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Survey. So this survey also comes with inflation expectations data, which are important for the Fed to keep an eye on because we want inflation expectations to stay anchored for the sake of the Fed's credibility um, and handling their dual mandate. So next week brings plenty of data on the housing market. Uh, as an interest rate-sensitive portion of the economy, the housing market has been hit the hardest by rising interest rate hikes cooling considerably. So next week, 
we'll get the NAHB housing market index, building permits, housing starts, and existing home sales to give us an idea of how the housing market is holding up. Weekly jobless claims, again, will come in on Thursday, and then Friday brings in the S&P Purchasing Managers Index, or PMI, for both the manufacturing and services sectors. So that's it for economic data. Outside of economic data, there are a few early earnings reporters next week uh, within the tech and consumer sectors as we approach the beginning of Q3, Q3 earnings season. All right. Thank you so much, Danny. That was really helpful and insightful. You shared much needed context and information about a fairly busy week. Again, today we have been joined by Danny Kessler, Asset Allocation Strategist with the UBS Chief Investment Office. And as a reminder to our listeners, Top of the Morning is a part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as a UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Siobhan Chapman, and thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.